Hello everyone, welcome to Today in Space. I'm your host, El Greco, and uh, welcome to the show. Uh, today we have the assistant back on. Thank you, thank you for having me back. Welcome, welcome, glad to have you. Um, and this is the weekly update of Today in Space, the all, well, mostly all science portion of the show, where we really dive into what happened, keep everyone up to date on what's been happening in the last week. Sounds so, great. Yeah, yeah. So how, how have you been? How's everything? Uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, we're not going to get into the snow discussion again. You know, so. <laughs> it's all right. I, I had a little rant uh, in the last episode I just recorded. Oh, did you? So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, two days ago we had another 18 inches. So we'll get another eight tomorrow. So. Yeah. You know, so. Whatever. It's, it's life in this area. It's life. It's horrible. Yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> it's got it. It's gotten so bad that the, uh, the transit service, the MBTA around here, yeah. just announced like a half hour ago that they uh, will not will not get back to normal service for 30 days. Not three days, 30 days. That's just crazy. So, I mean, that's that's ridiculous on a lot of levels. Even more importantly, I mean, how is anyone supposed to, if anyone uses the transit system to get to work, how are they going to get to work? Can you imagine all those businesses downtown that depend on people going down there to, you know, buy lunch or, you know, work out at their gyms yeah. or whatever, you know, I mean, there's just no whatever. parking, there's no parking, but even I'm, the... I'm going to try and go tonight into the city and I don't know how the fuck I'm going to do it. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's already, there's already parking bands everywhere. You got to park on the, on the, the odd side of the street, right? you know, the, the numbered odd side. And it's just, and if you don't have a, a friend there who has like a parking pass, right. there's no chance for you. No, so anyways, uh, no, no sense in depressing our audience when I was just move on to the, <laughs> to, to the good stuff. So, you know, well, I, I hope I hope it's more interesting to the people who aren't around here than it is. Yeah, you know, I guess for those of you who have not experienced that, I guess people in Buffalo and Chicago probably have, you know, or can Canadians, you know, have mm -hmm. obviously have, but. Um, yeah, for the rest of you, I guess it would be something like, wow, this is like unbelievable. For the rest of us, it's like, you know, uh, all right, that's enough. Yeah. 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 I, I, just, yeah. yeah, I think, I I think we need like 13 more inches and we broke the all-time record. All-time record? Of, oh, okay. Because before it was like, oh, this is the 12th most winter, the most snow right. winter, then it was the 8th, and now... Yeah, we're sitting I at mean, 3 right now. We're at the third. We're at the third. So okay. you what know, was, what was number one like back in the eighteen hundreds? Uh, no, I think it was nineteen ninety five. Oh, I think really? It was, so was nineteen ninety five. Oh, there was. I, the, I that do one. remember that there was, was a bad. lot of snow that came in, um, but it was over a long period of time, so they mm. couldn't handle it. Um, yeah, this is. I I heard this the other day, and I I think it's just because I've been inside for so long. I forget, it, it's we've had four major storms in three weeks. Right. That's. No, that, that's yeah. the, that's uh, pretty. Uh, you know, it was just as simple as just it's simple temp. It's temperature is all it is. Yeah. It's like we had a lot of precipitation prior, like in December and January, but it was mm -hmm. too warm and it didn't right. it didn't turn to snow. Oh, people so. thought we got away with murder yeah. for for this winter. You know, so. I, I mean, of course now, retrospect, but I, in my gut, I knew this was going to be a bad winter, yeah. and uh, I was hoping I was wrong. Yeah, but uh, so yeah, forget it. We're not gonna talk about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just depressing myself here, just discussing <laughs> it. So, um, so let's well, let's start where we ended the last time on the launch hangout. Uh, it was the uh, SpaceX launch of Discover, which um, after we talked got postponed again uh, due to weather. Uh, but on their fourth try, finally uh, successfully launched Discover. Um, 
and actually I'll go to SpaceX.com here. Um, it was just before sunset at 6.03 p.m. Eastern Time on Wednesday, February 11th. Uh, the Falcon 9 lifted off uh, from SpaceX's Launch Complex 40 at Cape Canaveral Air Force in Florida, uh, carrying the Deep Space Climate Observatory on the first deep space mission for SpaceX. Uh, the Discover uh, is a partnership between the NOAA, NASA, and the United States Air Force, uh, and it's going to be used to observe uh, and give us kind of an advance warning for uh, solar weather. Uh, extreme emissions from the sun, uh, those could affect power grids, uh, satellites, communication systems, anything for Earth. So uh, that's very important. Um, the Falcon's nine's, uh, nine Merlin engines, they burn for two minutes and 44 seconds, shut down, uh, and expect, uh, just as expected. And um, that was just prior to the separation of the first and second stages. Uh, right after that, the second stage Merlin vacuum engine which I watched a video of the other day, which is loud as all hell, um, uh, ignited and had the first of two burns um, that lasted about a minute. Uh, and that was to get it <clears throat> really going uh, and, and to, to deliver the payload to where yeah. it needs to Why go. Why is it called a vacuum engine? Uh, because it needs to operate essentially in a vacuum, in a vacuum. Would, be, would be my guess. Um, hmm. and Because these, us these other uh, engines and fuels are built to operate on Earth. Right. So you need a, a vacuum engine, especially if you're going to deep space. Right. You need one that can work and ignite in that kind of uh, situation. Yes, that makes sense. Um, so uh, the second stage, uh, carrying the Discover satellite, it goes for 22 minutes. And 30 minutes and 47 seconds into the flight, the second stage ignited for the second burn to put Discover into the parking orbit. And at 35 minutes, the satellite was successfully deployed on its way to um, L1, the Lagrangian point, as we discussed. Right, we discussed that last. Yep, uh, the point where uh, the gravities are offsetting each other. Right, they cancel each other out. And it's going to take 110 days to get to its final orbit. Wow. So uh, we'll be we'll be updating on that, but everything looks looks go for now. Um, uh, they were going to try and do the the first stage landing but unfortunately uh the waves and the weather was terrible so the drone ship couldn't make it uh it's built to to basically withstand almost every weather condition except for this one of course and one of the four engines wasn't working no. so that you're just like all right you guys just don't don't even worry about it um now the good thing is uh it did soft land successfully in the atlantic ocean uh, within 10 meters of the target, and it was vertical, which is great, which means the extra hydraulic f fluid was, was good enough. Right. And uh, hopefully, you know, if the drone ship has better luck, uh, we'll see. But, no, I guess the uh, uh, the, the waves are pretty nasty. I, I, I don't know if it was a three-story three story waves at the time. Well, there's so, been a lot of storms, so it was, we can attest it. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, there's been a lot of storms in the Atlantic uh, about every third day. So, <laughs> so yeah. So and, and that day, February 11th, um, was extremely busy for them because earlier in that day, uh, they had the landing, uh, the splashdown landing of the the Dragon capsule that was up at the ISS, right. and it returned over 4,000 pounds of scientific uh, data, which yeah. is huge. That's a lot. Which is huge, and it's other stuff in there too, but. Mm. Um, it's a capability that we haven't had 
right. in a very long time. So it's just so. a practical question here. Do mm-hmm. they have a backup so besides the Atlantic uh, landing area? Do they have, they have another section? Like, is there one in the Gulf? Is there one? Oh, as far the, as the ocean goes? goes? Yeah. Um, I know there's there's an area in the Pacific that's used for, um, well, it's kind of a graveyard for for spacecraft. Right. Um, that the ATV five, which actually is next on the list, right. um, the ATV has been landing. Um, basically, I mean, the whole idea behind it was there's more water than there is land, so it's a lot easier just to kind of plop it wherever. That's true. Um, sure. But no, I don't know if there's a if there's designated areas. I, yeah. I would assume there is. Hmm. But no, it's a good it's a good question. I don't. I had a bizarre thought there all of a sudden. No, no. What was it? Well, it was it was, <laughs> it was like, well, why don't we just land it in the desert? You know, because it's not going to burn anything. Yeah, but, I, I but think. Then, uh, how do recover it, I guess, would be the issue. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I would guess the to land on water, you only have to slow it down to a certain speed. You don't right. have to worry about landing it. Right. Um. Where with on on land, that's a whole nother extra step you yeah. have to worry about. So, yeah, well, one of these days we'll get one of those engineers on here. We'll <laughs> ask him the question. So. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, I'm an aerospace engineer, but I am basically I'm just running on the fact of whatever I find interesting, I research, and then five to six years of engineering school. Yeah. So that's where I get my base knowledge from. So as you know, I ask the questions. People roll their eyes when I ask questions. Yeah. So it, I, I get that too. Yeah. So. I get that too. Uh, but uh, yeah, whatever. So, <laughs> great. We'll let that go. Uh, all right. So next on the list uh, was the the ATV five, the last um, mission for that that whole series. It's the European Space Agency's solution to um, let's see, it's a cargo ship, a laboratory, and a rocket all in one. So uh, it can carry six tons of scientific payload, which is a little more than. Uh, SpaceX's Dragon did, but it's also a space tug, because um, the ISS it loses almost 100 meters in altitude a day mm. uh, due to the drag from the outer atmosphere. Sure. Because um, no orbit is perfect, there is yeah. always orbital decay. Right. So um, that's why people are always keeping in touch with their satellites is they got to make sure it's still working. Right. You know, all those old satellites will eventually either burn down or or come down either right. way. Sure. Um, now, the ATV can use uh, its engines. This is why it's a space tug. It can use its engines to bring it into a higher orbit once it's docked. Mm. Um, and so that way they can they can help maintain uh, the ISS while it's up there. So that was a huge use for yeah, that, it. That's, that's a great idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so while, it's, while the ATV is up there, um, it gets emptied about over six months um, mm. as okay. they bring things in. And then it gets filled with all the waste and trash from the ISS. And then the whole idea was that uh, it takes a controlled dive into the atmosphere, real shallow, so that way by the time it kind of gets past that area in the atmosphere, it's burned up completely. And then they've got a spot in the Pacific where if there were any debris, it will go there. Um, but, you know, it was built as a uh, as a spacecraft that would eventually get burned up. And the whole idea was that um, also doing that, we would learn a little bit more about re-entries into the atmosphere. Uh, and, they, and they have. They've learned a lot. So. So it took its last um, its last uh, mission on uh, I think it was Valentine's Day or it might have been yesterday. Um, so that that series of missions are gone, which opens up now for Orion, the new um, the new uh, launch system that NASA has to take its place now for the ISS. Right. Um, 
but uh, they, it's very cool. They uh, they have um, videos of it burning up in the atmosphere. I don't think this one has actually surfaced yet. Right. But uh, the first one looked uh, spectacular. Uh, would have been very cool to see it, but yeah. uh, wasn't wasn't our area, and we probably wouldn't have seen it with all the fucking clouds. So that's true. Um, that's true. <clears throat> so yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's cool. That's mm-hmm. cool. It's cool as heck. Yeah. So I guess I'm being clean today. You know, so <laughs> not using my. It's fine. It's so. fine. <laughs> I've I've definitely been throwing in a few just just because uh, really didn't need it. Just decided to plop it in there. Yeah, I, I probably just used most of them while I'm sitting in traffic. So <laughs> so. But uh, no, I, I think it's just terrific. I think it's. Uh, I think they're making. What I love is the progress that they're mm. making. That's what I think is really uh, inspiring. I like it. Yeah. 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 And it's uh, uh, tough work, man. You can't just do it alone. No, no, no. It's not. It's not one person. It's not. Uh, uh, it, you know what is it? It takes a village. I guess is the the saying. Right. You know, it, it's true. I mean, it's and these teams are. And it's not just like, oh, you know, I think I'm going to do a little fling here and then go over here. No, you're, these missions sometimes last 20, upwards of 40 years, yeah. depending on the, the length of the mission. No, it's true. And know? some never even get to that point. Well, you know, I'm sure at some point here, I would assume, you know, people are going to start um, solving the, the multiple problems with accelerated speed. It's obviously we can produce the speed. Hmm. It's obviously we can produce the speed. It's just the problem is, will it, can you stop in time? Can you adjust mm-hmm. to gravity? Do you sure. have the thrusters do enough to, to change and all the course? Do you have course? enough fuel to actually make that maneuver? Do you have the fuel to make the maneuver? Do mm-hmm. you, is it rechargeable fuel? Is it a fuel that you can use it on the way back? You know what I mean? So those kinds of things. Well, so. from what I learned in school, um, in the, when you're doing those equations to figure everything out, you need to decide right away how much fuel you're bringing with you. And that's that's the whole design of the whole mission. Right. Is, um, now, granted, yeah, you could say, um, you know, if you had nuclear energy on, right. maybe, but good luck launching that thing. Yeah, um, you know, I mean... You, so, so most of the time, you're, you're, you have to carry your payload. Right. So then it's the, the double-edged sword of, well, the more fuel you bring, the more fuel you'll need to carry it. Sure. So, it's yeah, you know, the, the nuclear option, you know, a lot of people look at nuclear energy, as you, as you know, we talked about this last time, you know, have invested in resource industry stocks for many, many years. And um, part of that industry is nuclear, plutonium, et cetera, you know, uranium. And um, even though there's been a, just a couple of accidents, just two really, you know, I mean, Chernobyl and then Three Mile Island, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the, what happened in Japan with the earthquake, I mean, uh, I mean, come on, you know, like mm. an eight point something, you know, and they were old, they were old reactors. They were, that was, you got caught with your pants down. Right, they were just old yeah. reactors, right? But the military, you know, both the Russian and the American military has been using nuclear power for their subs, for their aircraft carriers mm-hmm. for, for, for decades. Uh, they do a great job of, you know, handling that. So... um and everybody knows about nuclear energy, that it can just last for an unbelievable amount of time, mm-hmm. which would surpass the time needed for this. So, um, you know. But I, I would say one of the arguments definitely is, um, you know, if you have an event like Antares, where right. a rocket blows and you didn't know, right. you're blowing yeah, up you a know, nuclear device. Uh, there are, you know? We can get into that discussion at another time, but there are 
mineral combinations that will create that reaction in a controlled setting. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you and I've had this discussion off air before. Right. You know, there there are mineral that you can you can create the reaction and then stop the reaction, mm-hmm. and um, it uh, would be very helpful up up in space. Yeah, I would just yeah. hope that it's um, it's been tested enough to have the same. You know, right. uh, just the same. You know, it's it's tough because um, you want to make sure that the system works the same. Right. You know, yeah, I, I haven't. I, I've heard of that technology, right. and it, it looks promising. It, it was in place prior to. Yeah. I mean, really, they converted the you know uranium, uranium, and then obviously you know they turned it into nuclear energy, mm-hmm. and then that was really based off of the military create an explosion. You know, the mm-hmm. military create nuclear weapons. You know, they they combine, boom, and then it just explodes. Um, but there are other combinations that can create energy in a controlled way that was actually developed prior to that, um, that, uh, would be, um, could be useful in this situation. So, um, you know, they've, they've had ionized engines for a long time too, right? That they've Ion engines. Sure. Right. Sure. So, um, but, but again, those are really only useful, um, once you're already going fast. Right. Because if you try to. If you tried to use an ion engine uh, to get going, right. it would take you forever. Right. No, yeah, it has to be after the fact. So, mm-hmm. um, But anyways, it, it's, uh, you know, you know, listen, there's people out there a lot smarter than I am, you know, that, that mm-hmm. probably have already figured this out. Yeah. Just, just keep it well, there was a really uh, fascinating kid. It was on a TED Talk, and he was 17, mind you. Um, and the reason he came on the map is because he had apparently built a star in his garage, Nice. And uh, the government showed up and said, hey, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing here? Uh, and he did a TED Talk about uh, about uh, nuclear fission uh, that he had figured out or apparently had plans to make um, these fission generators, which um, would basically be suspended. They would use the old plutonium rods uh, from uh, all the post-Cold War weapons. Um and the idea was we'd use those up, and by the time those were up, we would hopefully have fusion. Right. Um, you know, and they would be put underground, and they would operate at uh, regular atmosphere. So it wouldn't be the super pressurized situation that we have with nuclear energy. Right. Um, and in the event of a meltdown or whatever, the rods would fall into this salt bath, and then through, um, I believe it was fission, it would the rod would get eaten up and then it would be okay. Right. Because that's the whole thing is you can't just put a nuclear thing anywhere right. because if there's people living there and then it, it goes, just like you have in Japan, there's the worry that you're poisoning the population. Right. So Now, I know that, you know, the the French are, um, believe it or not, the French are miles ahead of everybody else when it comes to nuclear energy. Hmm. Even with the rods, I remember reading an article I want to say like nine years ago, ten years ago, that they figured out a way to 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 kill the radiation in the rods that they take out of nuclear mm-hmm. power plants instead of taking them and disposing them in some mountain or putting them up in space or wherever they're going to put them. You know, they figured out a way to to get rid of the radiation level so it mm. would wouldn't hurt anybody anymore. Mm. So. It sounds. I mean, it sounded to me like the technology was there. Yeah. The question is whether, well, they wanted to use it or not. Well, it depends. It, it sounds like maybe the the science was there. Right. Uh, the technology part's always the tough part because, 
you know, you can get it to work as, as a prototype and you can right. get it to work in a lab. And the next step is actually getting it to become industrialized and right. mass manufactured. That's a whole nother thing. Yeah. You know, Areva, A-R-E-V-A is one of those companies. Those It's probably the biggest. They, they produce nuclear plants. They, they, they deal with the material. They've been doing it for, I can't even say, maybe 50 years, 60 years. And um, I think, you know, it'd be interesting to see if they ever pair up. You know, remember you heard it here first, right? If they ever pair up with like, look, we talked about Bigelow last week, the other that company Bigelow out of Texas, and stuff like that to develop something like that, or maybe SpaceX or somebody else. Mm. You know, so but it was interesting, yeah, to say the least. Yeah, so hmm. you know, interesting. Yeah, sorry, cool. On a tangent there. Oh, it's all right. It was it was pretty interesting. Yep. Yeah. Seeing so. the kind of the the business side of it. Yeah, it yeah. definitely is the business side. Whether mm. I, I mean, I think, like you said, you know, it's not not one person's going to do it. So no. you know, there's another way to think of it. Sure. You know. And, yeah, and that's another thing too. Is is um, you know, the scientists they're not businessmen. Right. They're scientists. Right. You know, and the businessmen aren't scientists. So uh, you can't really advance anything until you kind of get them together. You well, know? you know, you know, I mean, good businessmen, women doesn't matter, men, women, people, they 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 put good industries, good people together, mm -hmm. you know, uh, because it just, it, it'll further uh, the industry in some right. way, shape or form. So, um, you know, uh, I think someday you'll see they may be combined because uh, uh, it is a, the power source is phenomenal, mm -hmm. you know, whether, you know, and so the question is whether they're going to, you know, figure a way to make it work. So, right. So. Right. Cool. All right. So let's move on uh, real quick because we're, slowly running out of time here uh -oh. um <laughs> i'll shut up then, let's so. uh let's move on to i wanted to go over and do a little overview because we had talked about it before um about the one-year mission uh in space uh with scott kelly and the other two russian cosmonauts um i want to kind of go into what science they're going to be looking at um no scott was that twin so one of the twins, twins right? right? And uh, actually, one of these studies is actually called the twin study. Mm. Um, and we'll get into that uh, too. But we'll, first, we'll go into the, uh, the actual one-year mission and kind of uh, what they're going to be looking at. Um, so with the one-year mission, uh, they're going to be doing a whole bunch of research. So the first one is functional. Uh, they're going to be doing a field test. Uh, the field test is going to be looking at, well, the title of the research is a recovery of functional sensory motor performance following a long duration spaceflight. So, you know, how the, how your uh, sensory motor skills perform after right. you're a year in space. Um, the other is a functional task test. So the title of that one is Physiological Factors Contributing to Post-Flight Changes in Functional Performance. So they're going to be looking post-flight, uh, what, what seems to happen with your functional performance. Yes. Can you do the basic fundamental stuff with your body? That's what I would assume. Yeah. yeah. And, oh, so. and um, I'll have this link up, so if you guys want to look more. I didn't want to get too involved into this. Just wanted to kind of scratch the surface for you guys. Uh, but the links will be up there. Um, let's see. The second part is going to be behavioral health. Uh, these investigations are going to examine the psychological effects of long-duration spaceflight on crew members by conducting cognition tests, neural mapping studies, sleep monitoring, uh, journaling analysis and a reaction self-test. So uh, those would be very cool. Um, the cognition test uh, is called Individualized Real-Time Neurocognitive Assessment Toolkit for Spaceflight Fatigue. Um, you know, you know, these names aren't long enough. 
you know, that's a, no kidding, like a right? Yeah, I'm getting a little, these names. a little out of breath just talking about them. Um, um, yeah, well, let's we'll, do, we'll do, let's just keep going here. Yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna slow down. We use these. up all our time just yeah, the just just reading the names. <laughs> um, and actually, this this website actually, if if check it out because it's actually got it's got a countdown clock. We've got 38 days because this will be happening in March before this starts. Excellent. Um, so I wanted to get you guys it early so you guys kind of get an idea. There's also uh, Scott Kelly uh, on the fifteenth. Good uh, mean look by the astronauts there. Huh? It's huh? Like that. It's, look at the mean look. Oh, the, they the got, mean huh? mug. Yeah. Oh, look yeah. at that mug and both those it's guys. A, it's, you a, know? it's a serious mission. Now, do they have a, a test on uh, how fast a mustache will grow up in space? You know, so. Uh, I don't know. A, I don't know. <laughs> how many gray hairs do you got when you're up in space? So. Um, uh, and then uh, you know, so Scott Kelly, uh, he just, uh, I guess, just shut down his office at. Uh, Johnson Center in NASA um, put up a picture saying I'll be back in one year uh, so that was cool and, and so there's a whole bunch of other stuff and there's tons of videos where you can learn a whole bunch more that was uh, is Scott gonna shave his head while he's up there is he gonna you know I don't know you know, I, I would think so but I, Scott I if you're out there and you're listening to us so you let us know if you're gonna yeah are you, are you going to be shaving on a daily basis up there or are you going to let that thing grow for a year oh, that would so. be interesting what, what shaving is like in space yeah so yeah, washing off that razor is going to be a pain. Yeah, maybe they'll use an electric. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. So, don't know. anyways. Interesting. <laughs> um, so, number three, uh, visual impairment. So, uh, these investigations will examine ocular health and the body's response to fluid shifts in a weightless environment. Uh, and this includes examining techniques to measure intracranial pressure. So, the pressure inside of your head. Makes which, sense. Uh, with, you know the gravity not not supporting or, or your body not working like it was built right. for gravity it's definitely you definitely want to have a way or or test a way now sure uh how to test that pressure so i think that's kind of their first steps here uh, as as well as um as we discussed you know the, the actual eyeball right. might the change might change right. might not uh, develop the right way uh the next part which you might find very interesting um, they're going to be doing metabolic studies, um, and the metabolic studies are going to test, um, you know, the integrated immune, uh, the saliv salivary markers, uh, biochemical profiles, uh, and they're going to examine relationships, uh, between, um, so biological markers of oxidative and inflammatory stress, uh, and risk for atherosclerosis, uh, which is uh, bones. Right. Um, I got a question about sure. that. Right? Where they talk about the oxidative and inflammatory issues, mm -hmm. since obviously the oxygen up there is pumped in, it's obviously you know uh, it has. Yeah, you have to, to bring it up. There. You have to sure. bring it up there. Sure. As you know, there's different types of oxygen. There's O2. There's O3. There's a, those are the two basic fundamental ones. So if the plants down here are shooting off O3. Oxygen mm -hmm. is that the kind of oxygen they're going to be using? I don't know. In space. I know? don't know. So, it would be whatever. It's not right. just oxygen. Um, right. I'm not sure which one they're using. Right. I mean, it it's an interesting question because that that would change things. That would change. Yeah, I don't know. know if it's O2 or O3. Um, I would assume it's O3 because usually you only have O2 in water. If I'm not mistaken, yeah, or in a, yeah, or in a, there. Um, there's no question about it. But I know there's even. I mean, just to break it down to a real practical, you know, they ever seen those. Um, those air cleaning mm -hmm. systems, you know, like those sure. that zap the air or whatever it is. 
the early ones produced O2, where the, the more recent ones produce O3 oxygen out of it. Hmm. You know, it's kind of interesting, you know, from that perspective. That's really strange. So, uh, but anyways, story for another hmm. day. That'd be, that'd be a curiosity for a question I would, I'd want to ask. Hmm. Okay. So. Um, so, so to go back, uh, so it's going to be testing the relationship between biological markers of oxidative and inflammatory stress and the risk for atherosclerosis in long-duration weightless environments uh, and... Um, uh, what was I? What did I have here? Oh, and they're going to validate a strategy for um, uh, integrated monitoring. So, monitoring the body um, with an integrated system. So they they already have a thing in place, and they're actually going to test it for right. in this one. So that'll be very interesting. Um, next is physical performance. Um, they're going to investigate and examine exercise capability focus on physical performance of bone, muscle, and cardiovascular system over time and weightless environment. Uh, there's two studies. There's a sprint study, and there's a hip QTC study. Um, the QTC study is called Occupational Risk Surveillance for Bone Pilot Study Effects of In-Flight Countermeasures on Subregions of the Hip Bone. So I, I, from, if I can remember correctly, there's apparently some, some major things that happen to the hip bone mm. while you're up there so uh and there's a, there are tons of doctors phds mds um that are listed here um i don't again we don't have enough time to go over it sure. <laughs> um next uh number six uh is microbial um these studies will examine the microbiome of q of uh, crew members um just the long-term effects of space travel on the microbiomes of astronauts and finally and definitely not least is human factor um you know uh how astronauts uh interact with their environment on board the iss focusing on fine motor performance um habitability and training retention um which i mean they're all super important i mean if we're going to go somewhere else you've got to figure out what the what happens during these long long missions, right. we we already know six months is a big deal. You know, at one year, yeah. what changes? You can't just assume it's going to be double. Right. You know. No, it's true. You know, as you and I discussed last week, I, you know, uh, last last episode we did, we, we it was uh, we discussed quickly about how to create gravity. You know, so mm. you can create gravity, so you don't run into some of these issues. You know, so yeah, you, it won't be perfect, but right. it's it's what you've got. Right. Right. You know, so but it's a story for another day. Remember, mm-hmm. you heard it here first. You know, so. <laughs> Um, and then NASA, uh, so that's, that's going to be a joint investigation, um, which will be done, I'm guessing between Roscosmos and NASA, um, for, for both Scott Kelly and the two Russian cosmonauts who are, uh, Gennady Padalka and Mikhail Komienko, uh, it's the Expedition 44 crew, um, so, and then NASA is doing their own twin study, like we discussed before. Um, and there's going to be four different areas, uh, behavioral health, human physiology, microbiology, microbiome, and then molecular omics. Um, so, and these are comparing uh, Scott Kelly, who's going to be in space, and then the other brother, um, who's going to be down on the planet, and seeing how there are effects between DNA, RNA, proteins, all that stuff, um, since they are uh, actually identical twins. Sure. So it's, and it's if a great there is an effect... Does it recover? 
Sure. Um, you know, we, we see that, you know, there is, and they've worked on this, there is a training regimen to get them back, and it takes a while. It takes, I think, a, like a year, um, but I'm sure that's dependent on how long you stay up there. Um, and they're actually looking now to see if space travel, if um, what the long, I was, when I was watching for the SpaceX landing, um, NASA TV had on um, a doctor who was talking about they were they were looking at the oxidative stresses, um, and not so much that it would do anything ten years or twenty years or thirty years, but basically once the astronauts get older, you know what what is it going to do to their long term health? Um, you know, it, is it is it detrimental to go into space? Sure. You know, sure. long term. Sure. So pretty interesting stuff. Um, obviously, I was just trying to soak it in. I was just it's a lot. Sure. <laughs> it's Absolutely. a lot. Uh, but let's get into it. So the behavioral health for this twin study is going to focus on three parts. Uh, the effects of perception and reasoning, uh, the effects on decision-making, and effects on alertness. So those three things will be, uh, and they will be compared between the twins. Uh, human physiology, um, they'll be looking for changes in the heart, changes in the brain, and changes in the muscles. Uh, the microbiology, microbiome section, um, is going to be looking for the effects to organisms in the gut. Um, and they're going to be looking at dietary differences and stressors. Well, it's an interesting point, you know, but I'm going to talk about that. But the, the metabolism from this perspective is that, you know, everyone has always, there's been a lot of talk always about vitamins and minerals and everything else that, that you need. But, you know, there's been work done over the last 20, 30 years that they think, there's a the thought process out there that enzymes that are in raw food mm. may be just, if not more important. So, you know, as you know, they don't have raw food. Right. They, it's, everything's packaged. Everything was mm. pre. And apparently, uh, I was reading as I was reading uh, Chris Adfield's book. Apparently, they have a, um, especially now, they have this whole buffet where they they literally they have all the choices they could ever get for up yeah. there and they say i like this i like this i don't like this don't give me this so they yeah. bring up stuff that they like sure. so that's that's huge i mean if sure. you're up there and you're eating stuff you don't like right oh that i mean that that annoys me down here yeah i mean imagine up there oh, yeah. when when you're in a box you yeah, know definitely you know you don't have the right food it annoys you there's no question about yeah. it so yeah but but no but you but all that food is has been processed or has been cooked out of enzymes so mm. it doesn't you may have all the mineral and vitamin content right but it doesn't have the enzyme content which you know the theory's been becoming more prevalent now that that may be just as important sure so sure. but anyways um, yeah and, and and I mean seventy percent of your immune system is in your gut no question. so um, that will be definitely looking at the effects of just the overall immune system uh, between the two. Um, and then the uh, molecular omics, the final section of the study, um, is going to look at how genes are turned on or off. Uh, mm. Since they are uh, similar, it'll be interesting to see, you know, okay, which ones are turned off and on while you're in space, the, the lack of gravity, all right. that. Um, and then it's also going to look at radiation, microgravity, and confinement, and those changes uh, and how they affect the proteins and the metabolites um, and where they're going to be looking for this is uh, feces, urine, saliva, and blood. So they'll be, they'll, that's where they'll be testing those to find right. that stuff. Yeah. So a lot of stuff, man. I mean, it's more yeah. than I can handle, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, I had to map it all out just to just to even make sense of it. Right. You know? Yeah, you, you know, yeah, if they're going to, I mean, there is a lot. 
I mean, I mean, not everybody even knows the human body after all these thousands mm. of years. You know, they're still trying to figure out what the body can cannot do. Mm-hmm. You know, why it does this and why it doesn't do that. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it's exciting stuff. Um, to, I, like I said, more than I can really handle right now because all of this, all these studies are so outside of my right. Where I, because I'm an engineer, I like things in front of me. I can touch them. Sure. You know, I can manipulate them in front of me. This stuff is way beyond me, so it's it's fascinating. Right. But it's definitely a little bit of a struggle. Yeah. As you know, that theoretical thing is not a problem for me. I just yeah. Like a, you yeah. know, I so I actually enjoy it. I enjoy that mm. theoretical. Okay. Well, if you're gonna go here, do you mean you're gonna go here? Gonna well, go that's here? that's not necessarily what I'm saying. I'm yeah. not talking about theoretical. I love theoretical. Right. Um, I would rather have physical. Right. Um have something in front of me but i think that's just my style hmm. um no the, theoretical i may have a little bit of a, a harder time with it no i'm talking about um the i have no problem conceptualizing the infinitely big like the universe right um the infinitely small like a lot of this is a lot of bio right. uh, biology stuff chemos chemistry um two things i've had a lot of trouble with um right. that i definitely try and work on um because it's just a challenge for me. Thinking sure. that small and not being able to have someone, because we can't, right. um, not being able to visualize it, or uh, the thing like chemistry. I didn't like chemistry because, um, like with, even with, you know, uh, astrophysics, like, uh, and just intro to that, there was a list of equations and you needed to go through those and chunk them out. You know, that's right. kind of like the engineer things to chunk out sure. the equation, put the right values in and then you'll get something out, right. make the right assumptions with chemistry. You can't like, it's a, it's so much memorizing and, and just being aware of the different situations that for me, it's just like, Oh, it's right. just like, I can't, it's too much. Yeah. It's too much for me. Um, it's not my style. Now, does yeah. that mean I shouldn't learn it? No. By by no means no, especially if I'm an aerospace engineer, I need right. I need to be able to do both. Um, yeah. But it's tough. Yeah, it's tough stuff. No, it is. No question about it. So so it, I will be struggling, but I will still be trying to bring it to you guys, regardless. Hopefully, I have some some friends who are in uh, genetics, and I'll try to bring them in. We'll see. I've been trying to get them on, but uh, cool. I don't know. So uh, to close out. Uh, did you have anything you want to bring Well, up? you know, I did a little bit of research oh. on the, you know, we talked last week about the uh, the Outer Space Treaty. You yeah. Know? So, so the Outer Space Treaty here that was, uh, you know, this was actually January 27th, 1967. It was signed in three locations, which is, I guess, they didn't trust each other. Uh, London, Moscow, and D.C., Washington, D.C. As, uh, it was effective October 10th, 1967. Again, this is the Treaty for Space, That uh, for those of you who may have missed it. Well, uh, just thinking, 1967, um, they didn't really have a place. Like, like they probably weren't going to bring everyone in at the same time. Right. And to get that treaty signed on time, they probably had to do it in those three locations. Yeah, you know, it was one of those things, I think, that, um, you know, it was obviously the Soviet Union and the U.S. at the time, Cold War, the whole nine yeah, yards. Yeah. They basically didn't want, I think, the countries putting up weapons into space. And that was True. kind of the motivating factor. But um, Well, that was the whole rush to the moon. I mean, really, it was a right. military thing. It, it really we didn't was, want someone you know? to literally just drop a bomb on us. Right. Right. So, so this treaty, the Outer Space Treaty, was designed uh, for to bar states from placing weapons of mass destruction in the orbit around the Earth. Mm. That's what it was intended for. Um, 
and then it also forbid governments from claiming celestial hey you know that moon, that, that that thing over there is us you know and put a flag on it and say it's right, ours right you know so that was kind of the which intent we kind of did was that which we kind of which did which we did right <laughs> so uh, so and then it also it talked it was kind of interesting you know where it talked I asked the question it's like well why should any any company spend money going into right. space when they don't own it. They don't have the rights to it. They're not going to make money on it. Right. You know, so uh, so it's, it's interesting that uh, an Article 6 of this treaty uh, talks about the non-governmental entities in outer space, uh, in, you know, um, including, which includes, you know, they're going to talk about the moon and all these other bodies, shall require authorization and continuing supervision from the state that gives it the authority to launch. So basically... Okay. You know, last week it appeared that the FAA had overseeing power over the moon and any celestial bodies, mm. but only from those that launch from, from the it, US. which we had discussed. Right. 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 So, so every state that l- allows the launch, that state is responsible for overseeing that company or that, that does it. So, and then they're right. And I think you just said that, but they're responsible right. for it, which I think is really going to be the, the issue is are people, Especially now, where everyone needs a lawyer and everything's exactly, you know, are people going to actually take responsibility for these companies going up there? Right, and that's exactly it. You know, they don't want to make it the wild, wild west, and they're right. rocking each other's property. He's got a right. great spot over there, that kind of stuff. But <laughs> I guess they they tried to do a moon treaty in 1979, hmm. and uh, and kind of further the outer space treaty, uh, but that failed to be ratified because it just it it basically didn't allow any governments to claim the minerals uh, or the, the, the rights to anything. And so, and they had to share it equally amongst all Oh, so countries. if like, if one country went up there and they brought it back, it would have to be split. It would have everybody. to be split between what, 187 yeah, that's, that's, countries. Yeah, so that they're doesn't like, well, in... I'm going to do all the work and I'm not going to get anything, yeah. you know, out of it. So, yeah. um, but, you know, there was an interesting comment here by uh, John Thornton. And again, these articles were in um, they were in Reuters and a couple of other websites here. Uh, Financial Express was on this one, uh, and it was interesting how it goes. It says um, John Thornton; he's also the chief the chief executive for Astrobotic Technology. It's a Pittsburgh company, but it says it says, "Well, how do you get a business to invest in the moon if there's no legal framework?" Versus how do you get any legal framework if there's no business in operation? So which one comes first, the chicken or the egg? You know, I mean, if we don't have a legal framework where businesses can say, okay, this is the legal framework, we can make money within the system, right. or is there any businesses How, even there for us to even to figure even out say that can, it was illegal? Right. Right. How can you be illegal if there's if there's no business to even do it? Right. Right. Be doing uh, right. So okay. you know, so it, it's an interesting question from that perspective. You know, it's so, a conundrum basically. It's, yeah. It's someone needs. We basically someone need to, to make something up. Someone here. has to go first, and then they'll figure it out. Right. You know. Um, Let's see here. Yeah, yeah I mean, basically, it, 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 there's, there's a, you know, they, they tried to have that treaty signed mm-hmm. uh, back in 1979. Uh, but interesting, the United States, Russia, and China all did not agree to sign the treaty. Hmm. Interesting, you know, so it was an interesting perspective from that perspective. But um, again, the guy from Bigelow, uh, Robert Bigelow, hmm. uh, the company's founder, is, says he's aiming to establish a lunar base in the two 
by 2025. I think you mentioned that last time, mm-hmm. right? So it's really not that far off in the future here that these issues are going to have to be addressed. Yes, you and, know. And now's now's the time, especially if like anyone, right? I was going to bitch later. It's like, well, all right, where right. were you? And I, I, you know, I hate to say, it, maybe we caused some problems here. I'm going to mm. say that because. I know, Us, you and me, or I think you and I. Oh. The show has caused some problems because since the last airing of this show, mm-hmm. all of a sudden a whole bunch of these articles about this treaty yeah. popped up in the last eight days. Hmm. If you go on the website, all of a sudden there's all these all this information about the the treaty hmm. that like there was a stretch of there was not no discussion of the treaty whatsoever, yeah. but now all of a sudden there is. You know, so I'm wondering if we're, you know, maybe just said, hey, yeah, what about the treaty? You know, what is well, that? Well, I'd hope we'd have that kind of a, a reach, but. Uh... Yeah, I'm not sure we do. But, you know, so. And it is interesting. But, uh, it oh, is you interesting. know, here's an interesting point. We talked about, well, how many countries signed? Right. And then how many countries ratified? Okay, right? what's, what's the difference? The just, difference just... is interesting. You know, governments, most governments can sign a treaty, mm-hmm. but unless they, they usually have a ratification process where. Like in the United States, you have to get the U.S. Senate, you have to get the U.S. Senate, I think it's 60%, has to agree to the treaty. So even if the president signs the treaty, well, not the president, but the ambassador or the U.N. Mm -hmm. signs the treaty, it cannot go into force 100% until it's ratified by the legislative body. Okay. So... um, you know, so signing is one thing, ratifying it. So there were, there were, um, okay. I, I forgot, I don't have the exact number here, but there was, there was a considerable amount, over 100 countries who had signed and ratified. Okay. There were still 30-some-odd countries who had signed but not ratified. And there was still a handful, there was probably like 12 or 13 that hadn't even signed wow. the treaty. Okay. So and it's been around since 1967. So, you know. Um, right. You know, so it was kind of interesting. There was some conflicting information. Like they said only nine, one website said only nine countries had uh, signed it and ratified it, but it wasn't the case, you know, when I did okay. more research. But, um, but you know, it, it was definitely, uh, so basically it left it, the country that allowed the launch, that licensed the launch, mm-hmm. had the oversight over that particular entity corporation that went into space so they were to set the rules Mm -hmm. so the faa only has oversight over u.s launches u.s launches okay that's what it has so which was a little bit not was not the case when we were reading it last the last time we read Read it it. it it's set well and i mean i guess that could have been misconstrued by the readers or the people who put that out there that that because they were reading it in a United States Right. Well, you uh, and I talked about that quickly. It doesn't right. make sense. The FAA doesn't have authority outside the United right. States. Why, right. Know? Why so, would they? Right. 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 So. Okay. Well, that, that makes more sense now. Right. Um, so, but for those of you who are interested in the business side of things right. out there, um, there is the potential. The potential is there, you know, so. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's going to be interesting because, uh, um, you know, with SpaceX winning, um, their plea to Congress to allow um, competition in the private sector for for space contracts, um, or at least them coming to an agreement. Um, That's huge. That's huge right off the bat. Um, So, but it's going to take, it's going to take political influence. It's going to take people getting involved in it yeah. uh, because it is a political thing. It, oh, there's it's, no question. It's, it, it's, it's a political issue. There's no question about it. The fact that from 1967 and even since they've tried two or three other times, there was even a, 
I was reading through here, there, there was a congressman uh, back about three or four years ago that actually tried to pass another, um, uh, oh yeah, Representative Bill Posey, a Republican from Florida, and Derek Kilmer, from, mm -hmm. a Democrat from Washington, they introduced a bill called the Asteroids Bill Act, Asteroids Act, mm -hmm. which would give companies ownership of any, any material they mined from the asteroids. Uh, at least two American companies, uh, Planetary Resources and Deep Space Industries. Oh, they're still, yeah. Yeah, have announced plans to mine asteroids. Mm -hmm. So the bill did not pass, but they're going to reintroduce it this year. When when did they try and reintroduce that? Yeah, last year. Oh, it was so last, it was last year. year. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Wow, a bipartisan bill? Wow, yeah, well, at least two of them. At least two of them. So, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, but yeah, you know, I mean, they, yeah. they see the obvious. Because again, a company's not going to spend the time or the money or the efforts if they can't if get they a can't return. profit from it. Yeah, right. that's so. what it comes down to. And then, so the best case scenario is that everyone makes money. Every, Jobs listen, are created. you know, the government's going to get their piece right. of the pie. And then, yeah, you have you to know, do it that way. Yeah. And then, Otherwise, blood gets spilled. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. But anyways, I thought cool. I just wanted to follow up on that. I don't know if that was no, interesting that, or not. I, I found that extremely interesting. Yeah, but uh, I thought it was something especially. Uh, Still got to soak it in. But <laughs> yeah, you know. So if you have any questions out there, uh, please. Uh, yeah, yeah, please. Uh, well, I'll get into it in a second here. Yeah. But uh, yeah, email at us. Um, no, it's 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 going to be interesting to see because I mean now you know the FAA has also got this next thing that they're dealing with. Uh, we had talked about this the other day about the drones, commercial drones. Right. Um, and it sounds stupid. It's like, really, it's like, I think they're trying to say that you need a license to pilot a drone or, or you need to pass some test. But to be honest, they have, they have the right to say that. I mean, it, there's, there's airspace that's, that's being taken up. It's unregulated right. people. And, and there's, a, there's privacy concerns. There's, and I'm not trying to, you know, make this a, you know, an issue, but it's like, you can't just fly a fucking drone with a camera. Right. Into somebody's neighborhood. Yeah, you, you know. Can't do that, I mean, man. you know. Plus, you, you can't just pick any elevation to go into. If you right. hit a fucking engine, we there are birds that fly into engines. You don't oh, yeah. think a drone's gonna fly into oh, an yeah, engine? A drone gets sucked in. You're taking. It's gonna be down. so easy. Yeah. Um, now it, it is an issue. There's no question. Uh, where do you go with it? Who the hell knows? You know. I'll be honest with that, you. Because, yeah, that's the problem. You know. Um, I'm not sure they even How got far is too far. Do they even have laws in place to, well, to handle these? Interesting issues? enough, I don't think they do. Um, out out towards the west, I'm not sure which state it was. I want to say it's Colorado, mm. but I might be wrong. Um, when drones were becoming a big issue, um, they uh, were giving out hunting licenses for uh, anyone who wanted to shoot down drones, and there would be. Um, I think this was more on the military side when right. when the whole stuff right. started coming out about drones being Yeah, they used. asked they asked people to stop right. shooting them down. So yeah, the FAA is like, please stop <laughs> shooting down these drones. No, on the but other they hand, were getting paid. They were getting paid for bringing back parts of a drone. I mean, it was basically like a like a souvenir sure, charge, you know, you like know. bringing back the tusk or something like that. Well, you, I, know? you know, I also want to know who got the training to kind of shoot that thing down from. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I I don't see him. You know, but, yeah, yeah, I, I like. Uh, I haven't seen any. Yeah, um, so. I've seen videos of them. Um, right. Definitely haven't heard any. I think they're more prevalent in places like uh, um, out west, where there's a lot more open room, right? Um, and the weather's a little bit better all year round. Well, the drone. I mean, the military drones. Are we talking the? We're talking. Yeah. Well, I we're think talking... I think the hunting license was for military drones, military or drones, because right. they were having issues over there. Again, right. it's all allegedly is just right. from what I had heard. Um, but yeah. there was definitely hunting licenses right. being given out for it. Right. 
Um, yeah, and I, I want to say because it was it was around the same time that we were finding out that we were using drones for right. military applications. Um, I think that's where it, it lined up with. Right. So well, it's funny, you know. I remember reading an article. This is I want to say like three years ago, four years ago, where. Uh, the article explained that um, the Obama administration had given authorization to use the drones to originally patrol the borders uh, of the United States. Mm. You know everything else. Okay, well, it's kind of you know that's kind of an interesting use. Okay, mm. you know everything. You know that's not too bad of a thought process. Uh, but since that has been taken to the point where drones are everywhere, military drones overseeing the United States are not just on the borders. They're in a lot of other places. Mm-hmm. So, And some people have problems with it. Other people do not. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's um, um, if, again, the same old, it's the same old problem. It's like, you know, the, who's, who's running the show is, you know, that's the one you're trusting with the information because it's there for gathering information. That's what it's there for. Right. You know, so. But anyways, eh. so. But, we'll, uh, we'll we'll see. <laughs> yeah, you know, we'll see how it all turns out. Who knows, yeah. right? So. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's it's funny because it seems like a lot of stupid laws seem to happen right. because they were put in place because stupid people did something. For instance, the '93 protesters, right? Right. Um, protesting for a good cause, but not for the cause for their own reasons, right? Um, for those who don't know, the 93 protesters cemented themselves to um, oil drums uh, that weighed about a 1,000 pounds and literally cemented their arms inside and then got dropped out of the back of a truck on 93 to block traffic. Now, this is in Boston. This is in Boston. Boston. On Route 93. Now, why the fuck would you do that? And I remember I I saw it and I didn't want to get involved, but I, I watched one report from this girl who was on the bridge wasn't actually doing the protesting right. was on the bridge and saying oh well this is how this is what happens when you privileged people you know um don't realize you know what you're doing and we have to cause uh you know change and blah 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 it's like it's like what is wrong with you why it's like you you're tr- the reason you're protesting is you're trying to get the people on your own side right so why the fuck would you would you fuck with the people, especially the Boston people? Why would you fuck up traffic? You just pissed on off a million, two million. You people. just pissed off everyone to the point where the cause, um, Black Lives Matter, actually said, "We want nothing. We have nothing to do with this group right. because it was so utterly." And 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 all those people were in their thirties, living at home. Right. This is generalization, but they're right. living at home with their parents in their basements who have no, no jobs. Right. No jobs, but they're trying to tell us, oh, this is, you know, what it is. And so what I'm trying to say is now the, the police chief came out and said, what did we tell you? We told you don't mess with the highways. Right. And what are they going to do? They're going to put a law in place that says if you protest on the highway, right. you get a year in jail automatically. Well, you know, it, that's why stupid laws get put right. in place. You know, you give them credit for one thing, only one thing, is that they made everybody realize there was no law that said you can't block a highway. Right. Well, so it's like, oh, yeah, you know what? Well, you know what? There is an alarm in place. All right, right. So you get off. But you know what? Now, one year in jail. Next person who blocks a highway. Yeah. And then we're purpose. talking right off the bat. Not even a smack of the wrist. Smack of the wrist is a year. Yeah, it's just a year. <laughs> you know, don't even bother. You know, you know so. and it's just, it, it's... Listen, that, town that hall, thing was, go it's... protest, commons, go for it. You know, but interstate highways, uh, sorry, you're out of luck. You're, you're just going to piss off millions of people. There's no one going to support you, so you got to really think it through. You got the attention you wanted. 
Yeah, yeah. But definitely unfortunately, it was, was one that no one's going to support you on. You know, you want to you want attention that they're going to support you on. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. It, but, you know, it's stupid people and stupid it's create stupid laws. You know, it, it, you know, it's you know. Well, that's why you know, there's an old saying that the government goes to those who get involved. That's yeah. an old saying, and it's the truth. Yeah. If you don't like the way the government's going, that means you have to get involved at any level, mm-hmm. at any level whatsoever, you know, or talk to people. That's just the reality. Whatever your position is, doesn't matter. Right. Um, but it's the truth. Whoever gets involved gets the government to do what it wants, at least yeah. the, the way our government's set up. So. Well, plus, I mean, if it's, right, if it's for the people, right, right. Um, and there, there are phone lines, there are emails, how many people actually call up an email? It's not normal people. Right. It's people who are either pissed off to the point where they finally have to, right. or they've got nothing else better to do. They're probably older, and yeah. they just wanna they wanna complain, or they're crazy. It's one or the other. Yeah. Well, you know, I got them all on speed dial. You know, so I got. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, I got them on speed dial. Yeah, yeah. and, I and I definitely have to work on on being more involved myself. Yeah. Um, I like to focus my stuff because right. I think a lot of the issues, I don't really care too much about right. or I don't have enough of an opinion to actually get involved. Yeah, just to give you guys you know? a little hint out there is that uh, who have never been involved in the political process before is that they have a matrix, whoever you called your rep, your senator, your congressman, whoever you call the president, your senators, doesn't matter. Whoever you call, they have a matrix there. If you call, they multiply that call times a certain number that 500 voters also feel the same way. 200, 500, 800, 1,000. If you send a letter, that means, you know, 150 feel the same way. You send an email, you know, 20 people feel the same way. Mm-hmm. There's a matrix in place. So you got to understand that every time you call, it's not just one voice. It's actually multiplying and filling a matrix that they keep. At the at that you know when you call in they they, they fill a matrix and how many people well let's see if we got four hundred phone calls times five hundred people wow that's a lot of constituents that mm-hmm. feel strongly about this right. so those who squeak will get the order yeah and they're gonna pander to that because they're the ones that are keeping them potentially absolutely in office absolutely keeping their job you know? afloat yeah so, so if things seem a little crazy. Then it might just be that there's crazy people calling in. <laughs> yeah, you know. So, but just uh, you know, I just want to put that out there because sometimes people may not know how that yeah, actually I, I works. Mean, so, no, that's it's all good because um, tell you the truth, with all the talking a lot of people do, most people don't know half the stuff, especially being involved as much as it is. I mean, uh, it's right. yeah, it's it's all, all good info. So thank yep. you for that. Yeah. Thank so. You for that. All right. All right. So let's uh, let's so close I go it over out here. By four mile, four hours that I go over. Huh? How far did I go over the the time? Oh no, that? no. Well, that's the great thing about this podcast and right. podcast in general. We can go forever, however long yeah. we want. So, so wow. um, well, to close out, um, if uh, this is just uh, some extra stuff on the show, if you want to get involved with the show, uh, you can contact the website, which is where the show goes up, at todayinspace.net. Um, on social media, if you want to get in touch, on Twitter, I'm at El Greco. That's E L G R three C O. I I do a lot of retweeting of a lot of scientific stuff. Uh, I also have my own stuff too. But basically, if you want to see what the show is looking at, what I'm looking at, uh, go there. I'm always uh, on there trying to uh, stay updated. Uh, on Facebook, we have the Today in Space podcast page. Um, and we started about two weeks ago, and uh, you know I have over a hundred followers on that now. And even more impressively, uh, last week we reached over a thousand people. That's outstanding. 
we reached over a thousand people, guys. I mean, that's amazing. Um, I, I, I don't know if we beat the Facebook algorithms or whatever it is, but either way, we're getting the word out there. So thank you everyone for, for, for looking, engaging, just being involved. Just letting people know. Letting people know. I mean, this is great. Uh, I can't even believe it's, it's moving this fast. Um, but that's all thanks to you. So thank you for that. Um, we've also got a Google Plus page, Today in Space Podcast. Um, that one's kind of in limbo right now. Um, but that's where hopefully we're going to be doing, uh, the launch hangouts. We'll do a Google, Google plus hangout out there. Um, and that way, you know, we can get the video up, we can talk about the launch and just, just like, like it says, hang out, um, and just, just make it an event, you know? That's right. Uh, if you want to get in touch personally with the show, uh, you can go to todayinspacepodcast at gmail.com, uh, or you can go to todayinspace.net. And go to the contact section, fill out that form. It's the same exact website, uh, email. So either way, we'll get you there. Um, now, also, uh, we're running a contest right now uh, for the show. Um, basically, on the website, there's two spots that uh, I personally want to redo on the website for functionality. Because right now, it looks really good on all platforms. Uh, but there's a few sections that I think, especially since if, if you've looked, um, I've kept it kind of a white background. And then... Um, everything else just kind of pops out. So there's two parts. There's on the home page, uh, there's the com link title and the search for topics title. Uh, basically, what I'd like to do, uh, and if you go to the Facebook page, there's more info on this. Um, if there's any artists out there um, and you kind of want to get the word out about and, and just put your art out there, um, giving you a free opportunity um, to to showcase your work. So um, if if you want to do anything for those, uh, for the com link, I'm thinking just to kind of give you a starting point. Um, I'm open for designs or, um, you know, I'm very open to this. But if if you are thinking kind of outside of the box, just make sure to email me. Um, so to, to go back to it, the com link, uh, I'm thinking antennas, communication, that kind of thing. Um, and for the search, um, I'm thinking kind of, you know, looking for extraterrestrial life, maybe telescopes. I don't know. That's totally up to you, and uh, also aliens are perfectly acceptable. Um, you don't have to stick to the typical, you know, long body, you know, whatever. You can do whatever you want. Um, this is totally artistically up to you. Um, so the winners, uh, how do you get exposure? Um, we'll put your name or um, tagline or your social media name. You get to pick one, and we'll put it in the lower right corner of whatever you pick. Um and I'll stay up there, and, and that'll be, give you an opportunity um, to showcase your art, uh, and it'll give me a chance to put something beautiful up on the page. So please email me at todayinspacepodcast at gmail.com if you're interested, and uh, we'll announce winners, I don't know, maybe the end of March. Um, not sure how long we're going to last, uh, but I'm also going to be doing it too. So um, in the case that nobody actually does put in for it, we will still have something up there. Um, but get involved. This is free advertising this doesn't happen very often <laughs> so so if you're an artist take advantage of this um and other than that uh please subscribe to the show uh now do you have to pay anything for the subscription i mean i've never subscribed to anything no before. subscription is free oh so subscription free. is oh, free so, so what's the problem um, of course i assume if if 
you're listening to this, you already know about podcasts. But yeah, no, subscribing is free. Yeah. Um, some of us older. I guess well, maybe some of us that's older bastards may not know. Yeah, I guess. I guess stuff. maybe that's kind of gone over my head about this. Because yeah. um, you know why magazines are subscriptions. I guess subscriptions. You know, you pay for guess, a subscription. Yeah. You know, so. I guess so. Yeah, but if it's free and it's a subscription, what's no, the... it's free. It's it's well, um, you know, subscription for the show is free. Um, you know, we're trying to make our money otherwise. Right. Um. So yeah, subscribe. Tell your friends about us. Um. Get the word out. I mean, you guys are already doing it. I can't. I can't even believe like a thousand people reached in a week. Even if it wasn't this podcast, it was the podcast page on Facebook. Like that's it's awesome, guys. So thank you. Uh, I love all of you sending out great energy to you guys um stay warm if you're in the area if you're not um enjoy the weather <laughs> and uh and we'll see you next week <laughs> have a great week guys